The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. <laughs> that is always what happens up here. Um, at least it was until we had the the, the you know the old building ventilation adjusted mm-hmm. which i think was 2014 okay um and then we were good for a couple of years but now this new guy this guy that's doing supposed to be doing the redoing the ventilation for this room and subsequently for all of the rooms he's just cut off the heat from downstairs and then and then went on tour for two weeks great yeah yeah so he gets to go on tour but when it's building things for a studio that he's supposedly doing a favor for. Well, we were paying him. We were, it wasn't even okay. a favor. We were paying the guy. So he's getting paid to do it and he doesn't do it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, um, it's gotten to the point. It's gotten to the point where, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to track him down now. Cause he was supposed to show up last night, but didn't, um, is that how you found out he's on tour? Uh, no, he, he, he let me know that he was on tour, that he was going on tour. So, um, I wasn't, I wasn't super worried about it, but he, um, yeah, uh, he was supposed to show up last night. Of course he didn't. Um, I assume he's still on tour and just got dates mixed up. That's my assumption. Hopefully that's, hopefully that's all it is. Yeah. Instead of just not showing up. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll find out soon enough, I guess. But doesn't he have a reputation at this point of not showing up when he's supposed to be here? Well, he has a reputation of canceling last minute, Uh, last minute, which is at least better than not showing up, which is why I think he's still on tour and he got his dates mixed up because he, he hasn't yet. This is the first time he'd just not shown up. Okay. Um, anyway, so I'm going to try to get a hold of him today, try to figure out what's going on when he's actually going to be back. Um, and I may just have to hire someone else to come in and finish the job, um, hopefully this week, but probably not going to happen. So it's, uh, so we have to live with a little bit of extra heat up here. That's all right. That's why you can hear the fan outside the door and get the fan in the corner that's running before you got here and trying to cycle some heat out of the room at least. Okay. Yeah. Well, Once it gets done, it's going to be great, but yeah. But he needs to show up and actually do the work. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been overall pretty frustrating. I'd say I'm frustrated, and I don't have to deal with him. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, it's been a slow week. Um, I had a first 
Okay. In two ways. I had two firsts, I guess. With the same client? Nope. Or totally, totally unrelated to each other. Okay. Um, Wednesday, I finished up mixes for a client um, and then realized that I don't have any contact information other than his mailing address. Shit. Yeah. And, and, and the messed up part of it is, is he and I have rarely spoken on the phone. And for some reason, my phone memory doesn't go back far enough, far enough to, to, to show up his, show up with his number. And I didn't, I didn't make a point for some reason of writing down his email address or his whatever. So I spent all of Wednesday and a little bit of Thursday or at least the remainder of Wednesday and a little bit of Thursday trying to track him down. I tried looking for him on Facebook and there's a million of his name on Facebook. Okay. Can't find any, anybody. Um, uh, I found him on reverb nation and sent an email to his reverb nation thing. No idea if he checks it. Um, I found a number in my text messages unlabeled and it seems like it might have been him, him, but it, uh, and, and so I sent him a a text message, but no word back. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm just downright stumped. Um, do you know anyone who might know him? I, Phil Anderson from power sound he's worked with him before. So he's my next, um, I kind of gave it, I kind of wanted to give it the weekend and see if this guy would just call me back or, or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, but you're, you're going to next is Phil. next is, okay. I just figured out the difference. So, um, yeah, we need to pause the podcast for a sec. Okay. And as I'll, you fix something and, and as I fix something, in theory, we should be back. So you're recording again? Yeah, looks like it. Okay. And now we sound different? Now, well, we should, yeah. I should sound the same volume as you instead of you being super duper loud. Okay. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to. You're going to have to fix that before you upload it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, uh, it's an easy enough fix, but. Yeah. Because I know the, I know the, so for everyone listening, um, what happened was we, borrow these two kiwis um for the uh for sessions downstairs in the main room all the time and apparently when we put them back we got them reversed and one is from the 90s built in latvia the other one's made in america uh, about 2010 2011 the one the, the one from the 90s six decibels quieter and so the whole gain staging has been set up for the quieter one on the any anyway terrible um boring explanation that no one really probably cares about probably yeah all right anyway um (laughs) so what were we talking about uh you were going to check with phil to get contact info about your client yeah so i'll i'll have to track him down and see if um see if that ends up working um see if he's even willing to give me contact information I, I mean, I'd be, I don't know. I'd kind of be hesitant 
to give that out, but I guess if, like if you a, explain the situation, explain I don't the situation, see why yeah. he he knows you, doesn't he? Phil does, yeah. 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 So I don't see why he wouldn't. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um What was the second new thing? So the other new thing, and this one is this one is uh far more exciting. Um I ran that floor tom pot uh shootout, microphone shootout, um on Saturday. Oh yeah. Um, and that was, that was a ton of fun. We, um, we ran, let's see, what was it here? Um, and this is for your article for recording hacks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, assuming he publishes it because there, there's no guarantee that he publishes it. Um, but that was, that was the intention. Um, we ran one, two, three, four, five, six. 35 different microphones and one of them, two of them had, um, had different EQ settings. Um, and so there were two extra, three extra, 38 total recordings to filter through. Jeez. Yeah. It's going to be, um, fun. (laughs) You just have like a moon shape of microphones or no we did we did one at a time to make sure that the the the, um we wanted to make sure that the capsule was as close to the same spot every single time as possible okay now obviously some of the microphones it was just impossible to to position them in such a way to position them exactly every time um something like uh we ended up getting a a d12 like an old d12 from the i don't know how, how old it was but um, one of those big square blocks, mm-hmm. um, got one of those. And that one, that one was because of the physical size, that one was hard to tell exactly where the capsule is inside and thus exactly where, you know, um, we, uh, the, um, the Sennheiser guitar, the square headed ones, the 609 and the 906, we tried, yeah. bo- we tried both of those and they were tough to, to get just because of um their physical their physical shape prevented us from being exact okay. in position yeah that makes sense yeah um what else did we have trouble with uh the bigger mics like the like the beta 52 um the uh i'm looking at my list here the uh um the uh, sm7b that one gave us gave us some trouble just because the there's so much space between the um the grill and the capsule the grill and the capsule and we debated a long a long time do we take off the, the do we take off the uh the, the the filter do we um do we position the grill at the spot or do we drop the whole thing down so we have the capsule closer um we ended up going with the capsule being the reference point rather than the grill but mm. yeah um, some interesting first, some interesting early results. Um, I haven't sat down and sifted through all of the, all of the, um, all of the mics yet, but the two that I remember really standing out favorably were one of the RE twenties that we have. The one that I always complain about being dark and muffled <laughs> sounded awesome. Like it, the it 
sounds like what an RE20 should sound like. Dark and muffled? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it, it sounded great. It had a great balance between the kind of like the boom of the floor tom, the the tone of the floor tom, and the attack of the stick. Okay. It had a really nice balance there. And so too did the Shure PG-52, like their PG series. I know hmm. uh, both... Um, both uh, Dave from More Musical Noise, um, he was the drummer that came in to 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 spend the afternoon playing for me, and both of us were really surprised that it would be that it would be in there, right? Because we had we had some great things on the list. Of course, we had the the Audix stuff. We had um, we had uh, the 600 and the 900 series from Sennheiser. Um, we had the new, um, the new, the new mics, the new drum mics from, um, Electro voice, the ND 68, ND 44 and the ND 46. Um, we had, uh, the beta 52 and the beta 56 Telefunken M80, M81. And, and I ended up getting a, getting a hold of an M82, the kick drum mic, um, had a PR 30 in there, uh, I can go, I can go through the entire list, but there was some really great mics and we expected a lot. Um, but there were some that I just didn't like at all. Um, what was the first one that I remember hearing and didn't like? Um, it was the, oh, the 604, the E604, just, I did not enjoy it at all. That's the cheaper square one, right? No, it was the, it, it's the cheaper, um, the cheaper clip-on drum mic from Sennheiser. Hmm. Little, little round. Did you try a 421 as well? Yeah. Yeah. We had, a, we had, uh, had one of my 421s, which is a 421-2. Oh. I was trying to get a hold of a, da- uh, of, of a dash U, the older one. I think those so whatever. I can't never remember the number, but I the, think the they're supposed one, right? to have the same capsule same capsule as the 421 um yeah we talked obviously about that there's some different circuitry in in the microphone itself but the, mm. the capsule is the same yeah and, and and that's actually that's actually one of those things that i'm gonna i'm going to um i'm gonna compare the sennheiser mics i'm gonna do a lot of like mini comparisons within the article because there's things like that 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 i want to i want to hear how close are these you know the 604 to the 609 to the to the 421 to the, anything that shares and, like a component that people make a big deal of right um you know and, and there were some notable notable mics that were missing like i didn't have any audio technica drum mics and i wish i did um uh, i you did an austin mic on there uh we weren't doing we weren't doing cool. condenser mics we we're only doing dynamic mics i don't think they have a dynamic mic yet no not that I've seen yet. Yeah. Oh, I, I do want to do another one where, where we focus on, on Tom Mike's, um, condensers. Okay. But that could be such a huge thing that I, I don't know that I'm ever willing to, to, to go through that. Cause I was thinking I approached this whole thing as though the setup and the recording process of the shootout would be the, the most work. That would be the, the part of the process that has the most work, but it's not at all. Like it ended up being, um, we'll be going through listening to all of them and then yeah. writing an opinion piece on what you hear. It was a seven and a half hour day for us to set <laughs> to up record. And, 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 and record all these 35 mics. Um, 
but it would be a lot more to go through and make an opinion of everything. That's what I'm thinking. So, um, yeah, it should be, it'll be, it'll be a good, a good eye opening experience. Um, it's going to take me, it's probably going to take me the next month to sort out. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's the microphone though, that I would love to hear what it sounds like on a Tom. What's that? The Aston spirit. Hmm. Or even the origin. The origin might be a better option because it is a smaller microphone. Right. Um, I mostly the, want the oh. Spirit because it's the multi pattern. Right. Uh, it also has, I think, a transformer that the origin does not. Oh, really? I think so, if I remember okay. correctly. I would have to look at the specs, but I think the Spirit has an additional transformer that the origin does not have. Cool. At the very least, it's, it's multi pattern. It has a 10 and a 20 dB pad. I mm-hmm. don't know if the origin has that, the pad or not. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't remember having it having any switches at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just for, which is fine. Right? All I could figure out or like from the research I did trying to figure out what the difference was between the microphones. I think they're more or less the same. Just the origin is a cardioid and the spirit is your Multi-pattern. three pattern. Yeah, that's that's what I remember hearing about them too. Yeah, um, and then it also has a pad switch, which made me be like, "That's a better microphone for the extra like hundred bucks. bucks." Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to have I wanted to have a basic reference of the drum kit that we recorded, um, and so for every single microphone that we changed, um, I recorded a. Um, a snare kick and mono overhead. And I decided because we set specific limitations to dynamic mics for the Tom, Mm -hmm. I'm going to set specific limitations for just two mics for the drums for the rest of the kit. And so we set up, um, set up the, uh, the cathedral pipes, the Mm -hmm. natural dam is the overhead. Okay. Mono overhead and got a really nice balance of, of everything. Um, set up the Gemini two and one of the Mojave MA one hundreds for kick. Yeah. And, um, and then the other Mojave MA one hundred for snare. And I backed them all, I backed them all off nicely so that the, the, the snare mic picks up a little nicely. The, um, uh, hats, um, but just enough rejections. They're not overwhelming. And, uh, yeah, it it uh, ended up being really nice. Nice. Yeah. A lot of low end. There would be. Yeah. Yeah, that was the. I uh, I I listened to a couple of the just the drum tracks afterwards, and there was so much low end going on in those. It's crazy. Definitely need to filter. Uh, yeah, that that sounds like you need a lot of EQ to. Yeah. Yeah, but they. It's going to be, it, it, it made me happy listening to it though. Okay. Yeah. I mean, having more is all right. Cause you can always take away. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, I'd rather have too much of something than not enough. Not quite enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause usually adding sounds weird. Often. Yeah. I mean, I do it. But <laughs> speaking of adding EQ, um, 
in the name of my eBay um, problem, right? Uh, another uh, 8803 has come up on eBay for a wonderful price. And I thought long and hard about it. <laughs> but I keep saying my, I, 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 I've actually been telling myself, I don't need another EQ. I just don't need any more EQ. I don't think you need most things That's true. these days. You have a pretty good collection of everything that mm. you would need. Yeah. What about your other issue with eBay? Like the guy who wants to return. We ended up, we ended up working it out. Um, I am paying for the repair and the shipping to and from um, oh. Rupert Neve Designs. Okay. So he's going to. Rupert Neve Designs is pretty good at being like, yeah, it's fixed. Don't pay us anything. Yeah, he he already got an estimate though. Okay. Um, because they they, they it sounds like they actually have to repair replace a part. Really? Yeah, I don't know. For I a mean, scratchy pot? Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what it ends up being. But I we, mean, we agreed. I, I think I get it because every time somebody contacts Yorkville, Yorkville will assume that it's something worse that a normal tech mm. can't do. And so there is some speakers at my store where. The Yorkville tech says that it's probably the crossover, mm. but I'm like 99% sure <laughs> it's just a fuse. Right. So, and, and, and I think that's just because like the Yorkville tech, he's used to dealing with severe problems. So it's right. like, this is what it usually is when it gets to me. Right. But oh, are you still doing a lot of um, pre-repair or yeah, simple stuff? Yeah, do you have time for that? Uh, sometimes. sometimes. Mm. Uh, one of the things I had to do with this um, this shootout was I actually had to rent some mics. There were seven mics that I couldn't track down that I or seven mics that I couldn't track down anywhere else, but could find from Long and McQuaid and All Star. And that was some of the Sennheiser mics and um, some of the Shure mics. Um, ran into Kenny. Of course you did. Yeah, I went to the went to the Northside store. Well, he works there. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, so that, of course you met yeah, him but, there. Yeah, he's there like five days a week. <laughs> <laughs> but he was just—it was the strangest thing. Um, and I know it was, it was just like sheer coincidence, but yeah. I start, I, I get out of my car and I start walking towards the door and I see him mm -hmm. standing at the door, looking out the door at me <laughs> as though he was waiting and expecting me to show up. <laughs> okay. It was very well, strange. he was probably waiting to talk to you because that's what Kenny does. Yeah, but he didn't know I was coming. I didn't know I was coming. Well, he saw you. I oh yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to talk to him because I know him. Yeah. Um, and then I almost got convinced to get some mix cubes. Almost. Mm. Yeah. I need. I have a Behringer little cube. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like it? The reviews. The reviews don't talk very flatteringly. It's not a flattering sounding speaker, and that's why I like it. It sounds like garbage. Mm. I don't use it very often like it's not a critical listening speaker no uh, I, I i use it as like this is the worst case scenario anyone's <laughs> going to listen to my music and it's Fair just enough. one so i like i put i switch into mono 
send it to that speaker, listen to that speaker. Like, yeah. you know, my mix goes from sounding maybe great out of my mains, my, my Yorkville mains. Yeah. And then I go into this Behringer freaking cube and it just sounds terrible. But <laughs> if I can hear all the parts, I, I'd say mission accomplished. Right. Like if it sounds like what I hear at, at a cafe or something like that, I'm, mm. I'm usually being like, okay, that's, that's a good mix. Here's, here's things uh yeah, I've been listening to a lot of older mixes. I was listening to, um, the first, do you know, Space Hog, the band Space Hog? No, I, I have moments where I really love their stuff and other moments where I just don't want to listen to them at all. Um, but they're kind of a, they're kind of a cross between David Bowie and like eighties, David Bowie hmm. and, um, Oasis. Okay. That but sounds way, weird to way me. more fun than Oasis. Okay. Yeah. But they definitely have, they definitely have that, like that mod, that more modern sound like Oasis did. Okay. Um, but you can hear so much Bowie influence. So the weirdness. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love their records, listening to their records and every once in a while, I like listening to a song when it comes up on random. But one of the things their first album had that I'd never noticed before because I just listened as a as a spectator, right? Right. The vocals are really light in the mids and really mixed far back. Now, there's a lot of space around them, but I like the vocals are not one of the loudest instruments. Uh, drums and in some places guitar really punch through more than the vocals do and i'd never noticed mm. that before i've noticed that with some genres of music where the vocal is not the main focus right but majority of the time it's like vocals the main focus so it's louder than everything <laughs> yeah which hey, whatever that's well, fine that's the that's almost the modern thing today right yep yeah the vocal exists in 1k and is louder than everything else yep everything else is has like no 1k and is quieter <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i've been doing a lot more of that um the last two months september october maybe going back to august um like really heavily pocketing stuff against each other i've kind of always done that i wouldn't say heavy pocketing but i've always pocketed like if i have guitars and i notice they're clashing with the vocal i'll find where the vocal s wants to sit and then i will take that out of the guitar yeah but I, i'm i think i think one of the one of the issues with me coming up through the live world where pocketing just often isn't an issue. It's just how loud can you make something? Well, that's the main focus for live is how loud can it get? <laughs> right. Um, I think one of the things that I've carried over into the studio world that hasn't worked well for me is that same mentality. You know, rather than EQ pocketing, I still, I play with, well, the guitar feels too, it is competing. So I got to turn it down. Uh, and I remember, I remember one set of mixes that I did 
Remember that, remember that band? I know I've told the story on the podcast before, so I won't go into too much detail, but that band that called me up six months after their, after their release and wanted their money back. That's not how, uh, I think it was, so. It was, it, it was, you know, five years ago or something. Right. But, yeah. um, I, I would have said that no. was, that was one of the, yeah, I, I totally did. Um, I offered to remix it totally offered to remix it but he wanted his money back because he now had to go record somewhere else no yeah you're, well, you're paying for a service not the point of the story though because <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we we had that exact argument the first time i told this story was i i wouldn't give him his fucking money back um the point of the story was i made those mixes smooth instead of aggressive so that the voice would stand out on top. Mm -hmm. And I, and I even listened back to it when the guy called me up, I said, I listened back and, and tried to judge myself as critically as I could. And the issue was I just made the guitars too quiet so that the voice would sit on top of everything. Right. You know, and I, I definitely, um, they signed off on it, didn't they? They totally signed off on it. And at the same time, they were under the gun to get it released. And But everyone was everyone claimed to be really happy with it okay. until it came out and other people started criticizing them for it. So what? I, You're going to get criticized. I know. But, and, 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 you know, I, like I said, I was happy to, I was happy to revise it. But then if it was other engineers criticizing, of course, they're going to say that because they're trying to get you to. <laughs> I've had so many of my clients like have engineers approach them and be like, Hey, I can mix this better than uh, the guy you got to mix it for you. Or like mm. a lot of times they'll think it was my client who mixed it. And then they'll tell them like, Oh no, this guy. And it'll be like, oh, I could do it better. It's just like, find your own fucking clients, buddy. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I just dislike that, that okay. whole strategy that strategy. Yeah. Cause it is a stupid strategy. And nine out of 10 times that guy's going to, if he gets the job, yeah. he's going to fuck it up. Let me ask you this. Let me, I, I want to, I want to spin off that. Um, cause there was something that I wanted to talk about and I wanted to get your opinion because you've been struggling as an, not struggling, but you've been, you've been through the struggle of the audio engineer for the last five plus years now. Right. Yeah. I'd say that's probably about right. Um, and, and so I, I was having a conversation with an engineer, I think he was over in the UK. Um, and we were talking about, about finding business and, and trying to be successful and sure. And, um, he was really starting to stress cause he'd, uh, he'd done kind of the same thing that I did when got himself a small business program. Uh, to learn how to start a small business, yeah. got himself some loans to start up the um, studio. To start up the studio, he the didn't. Build. He didn't build a studio. He he, he just um, rents. Yeah, he rents some rents time when he needs it. Okay. Um, but he had had decided to go on the principle of of um, word of mouth. Word of mouth is king. Okay. Uh, except for the fact that he almost exclusively relied on that no and had made a grand total of i don't know what the what the 
conversion would be, but it sounded, it sounded like made a grand total of one month's expenses over the six months. Okay. Which, I mean, not unheard of for a, for a new business. Right. Um, and it wasn't until, it wasn't until this conversation that we'd had that he'd started to understand, cause we'd talked a few times over the summer that we'd started, that he'd started to understand that word of mouth doesn't mean anything until you're already something. Right. Well, that's, you need that's to my do other things anyway. to build up that word of mouth kind of train. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know, like of every 10 projects you do, maybe one of those clients will recommend you to somebody else that they know. So you need to find a way to get those other nine clients to, to come in. Right. Right. And my experience is like doing live shows. If people are impressed with what you can do live, they might be like later be like, Hey, we want to record something and go to you for that. Yeah. Um, communicating on online forums where a bunch of musicians hang out and like offering to fix things that you know will take no time for you to do like if it's a simple editing job you'd be like hey send me the tracks i'll edit it for you free of charge that's a great idea actually um that's what i did like i actually built up (laughs) enough business that i had like at one point in time six months booked out and then I, I thought, maybe I should hire a manager. And then the manager stole all those jobs. And I had to start from scratch. <laughs> you you actually hired a manager? At one point. It was before uh, you and yeah. I were. Really? But you hired a manager? Yeah. What was, um, what was prior to him This was me like not understanding that I didn't need a manager at the time. Okay. And it was also a lot of like me being uncomfortable talking to people about money. Right. It so, like, totally makes sense. Yeah, I'm. I think I was like less than a year in, like, out of school. Mm. Um, and like when I was in school, I was getting work. I was getting paid work to the point where like it actually hindered my ability to do schoolwork. Right. But my my instructor actually took the fact that I was making money off of it and was like, you know what? Because you're making money, I don't care that. There's a few projects that you're supposed to be doing for school because right. you're doing what I'm telling you to do. So, um, but yeah, I just hung out on like in communities, offered services to people. And then I eventually had like was booked for six months, but I hadn't talked to like those people about wh- what kind of money we would need to do the projects and stuff. And the manager. And I thought, you know, if I had a manager talk about money, I could probably make more money. <laughs> but instead, this guy was like also wanted to be an engineer kind of person. Yeah. And so they are, they looked at what I wanted to make off the projects and then just undercut took that and undercutted me and took the projects. And then I find out later that all of those projects ended up like going to even yet another person because he had screwed up <laughs> and they decided that they were going to go somewhere else. Of but course. in the process of like undercutting me, he had like yeah. ruined my name because yes. I'm addressing them to him. And so like, he's supposed to be representing me, but he steals 
my gigs. So he, he might have been saying something about like how my work is shit or or something yeah. something along those lines yeah that's um, balls man right yeah so you know it was a learning experience and i think it was like three months later i contacted you wanting to be an intern <laughs> right because at that point i was like frustrated because this is like man i was like <laughs> well on my way to be in full time mm-hmm. and then somebody screwed me yeah, that's a that's a hard lesson to learn. I've I've heard so many musicians go through that same thing. Yeah. Or the uh um that Elvis tribute that I worked with. Yeah. He was super busy and he's a smart guy socially, but the business, business. side of things, he's always he's always needed needed that extra little it's help, right? Took so, me a lot to learn. Like I think it took me three years to finally mm. figure it out and be okay with talking to people about money and not yeah. letting it affect what I do creatively. Yeah, it, it it helps so much that you have that you now have like a fixed price list to start with. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, these are my these are the services that I can help you with. Here are the prices for those services. Yeah. I've done a lot of thinking to think of what what that amount of work would be worth to me. And, yeah. you know, if you're not okay with it, then fine. Mm-hmm. Go find the guy. He'll do it cheaper if that's what you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm not hurt. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. You're not. I, no. I don't <laughs> care. Like, there's plenty of projects that I thought were that I, I did a great job with but decided not to continue working with me yeah, because I have got there. priced out of what they needed. I found out. So last year, yeah, last year I did a country EP over last summer, mm-hmm. two summers ago, summer 2016. Um, and then that one went on to, to be nominated for a handful of awards Right. Um, but then the following EP they did, they decided to go with someone else. Finally, I finally found out why, like I, I found out the specifics had, I actually hired that, um, the country singer from that album to come in and, and do, uh, vocals on a demo that, um, that a client needed country sounding voice on. Okay. Anyway. So he laid out on the line, like just here's, here's the actual scenario that happened. And so this other engineer, yep. and it makes me feel good in so many ways because I know it wasn't me that lost the client, but this other engineer, um, went out and got a grant to do some weird advanced research technique of recording. Okay. It sounded like, sounded like everything was, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably getting a detail wrong. So forgive me about that, but it sounded like he had gotten a grant to do a record in binaural recording. Okay. And so everything had to be in stereo and everything had to be with the dummy. Um, and and it, it sounded like that was a component in every, every single track. Right. Super weird, super unnecessary, but he'd gotten this grant and then he just needed someone to, to be the whatever, right? The, the band that he's doing yeah. the. Now, of course, thing. because, because they, 
the band was super excited band and the manager was super excited because they i don't know they spent forty five hundred dollars with me um or something like that right to do their last ep and this guy's offering to do it for uh, free if, if if not close to yeah he um also says one of the conditions is that he's going to produce and the band just you know they do what like that makes sense yeah totally does right anyway so um that's a good business decision on the band's part absolutely um and i told i told the guy that like yeah you would have been stupid to say no pass that up yeah yeah um anyway one of the one of the issues that that he has that the singer had with the recording was it sounds like a rock record and that really works for one or two of the songs but it doesn't work for the rest of it okay the stuff that's supposed to be not a rock record (laughs) okay yeah and i heard i heard the record it um i heard no i heard two songs off it and they both sounded they both sounded like uh like an early 80s i'm sorry an early 90s ish rock like country rock record that doesn't fall into the into the country category but definitely falls into the rock category so heavy leanings on rock heavily leanings on rock and 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 on on the sounds too like the the drums were like really thick and really up front um well that was pretty common with uh country records in like not in the the 2000s in the 2000s it was yeah um and even even still today but but if you listen to the better sounding record, better sounding country records, the drums do sit back quite a bit. It's much more together with the band kind of, kind of vibe, um, than it is like, like a modern rock record where drums are really out front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything's fighting for that extra oh. inch of space. In the two thousands, I used to call that like nineties rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it was, you know. It was, it was just with country lyrics on top. Oh, there's even, man, there, there's been so much crossover with with country the last twenty years. Well, that's it, what country does is it crossovers with other genres. Like right now, they're putting eight oh eights and stuff in country, which is there's there's strange. A, there's a stream cool. of there's a stream of um, of country or there's a genre a subgenre of country right now where um they basically have nickelback or metallica as the backup band country like yeah like everybody's wearing cowboy hats and cowboy boots that sounds which is something that bon jovi used to do back in the day but not yeah it's just weird this it's it's like it's like the bad evolution of Alberta country music. Like let's, yep. let's mix in some really loud drums and some really loud guitars. And, and I'm uh, pretty sure a lot of people from Alberta go to Nashville and mm-hmm. might be feeding into that trend. Yeah. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. Anywho, uh, uh grant or buddy got a grant and they took the deal. Yeah, they took the deal, and I, I mean, how can you how can you fault someone like that? I mean, yeah. it's a it's a really good it, it's it's still a really good recording. Um, the performances on it were pretty good. The uh, he didn't the producer didn't pitch correct 
any of the vocal performances. And that was the biggest thing that stood out for me. Um, cause the singer is really good. Wouldn't that be difficult though on a, a binaural recording or is it a real binaural recording or like, it's still, it, it, it's still it's, like assuming that it's just one clean source, you can still, you can still pitch correct it. I mean, you can put, um, you can put Melodyne on a stereo, on a stereo bus. I, I understand right? that, but if they're in a, like a live setting, like, wouldn't it be very difficult for those pitch correctors to like detect the note and be able to let, allow you to. It wasn't a live setting. It wasn't a live recording at all. Oh no. No, no. It was, it was definitely built track by track. What's the point of binaural then? I know. <laughs> it, it was, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where this guy got the grant. I never, I haven't called him up to talk to him about it, but it's definitely, it's definitely an odd sounding thing, which is why I, th- I suspect I probably have some details wrong. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely not proper binaural. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Um, so I don't know. It's uh... although there are some great things coming out of binaural recording. Like there's a video game I played where like they they did binaural recordings, and like the whole so, point of the game was that you play a character who's going crazy. So like you hear voices if you're wearing headphones type of thing. Like the yeah. voices can be appear behind you or like That's awesome. traveling past you, and you actually feel like. You're a crazy person. That's awesome. Sometimes they warn you. Sometimes they like give you false warnings. They'll be like, watch out, but there's nothing there. (laughs) Other times they'll say the same thing, but there is something there and it attacks you. So it's just like, oh man. But yeah, it's it's great seeing like the use of binaural recording. For music though, I don't really see all the advantages. For like movies or video games yeah somewhere you want that 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 sound of like being in wherever it is that oh, it, is it's being shown to you 3d audio right it is 3d audio yeah i guess that that is what they're going for 3d that, audio works differently than binaural but it right. is like essentially the same thing it, it is essentially the same thing it's supposed to make you yeah feel like you're in the place it's just 3d audio um allows you to build a space and then place a sound somewhere i wonder if that's why i enjoy ortf um as a stereo array um as much as i do i've never used ortf because it's it's the exact same it's the exact same setup microphone capsule wise you just don't have the head um in there to give it three microphones though ortf no you're thinking of uh decatree okay yeah ortf that's the one where um so xy is the 90 degrees ortf is 110 degrees i think um with very specific very 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 specific spread and very specific distance between capsules right um it's the french one radio television française something like that i'm in my terrible french accent but that's Whatever. Yeah. i can't speak french yeah i know <laughs> no one should <laughs> it's a silly language or at least not canadian <laughs> french 
That's kind of like Australian English. I've been told that that like Quebecois mm-hmm. is more akin, so that we can understand it with slang, um, at, to uh, to Australian English, where they use a whole bunch of words that don't make mean sense. anything unless you're from Australia. Exactly. You know, or they're they're a comedy thing like Dingo ate my baby. Please don't send hate mail for that. <laughs> uh, actually, please do, because that would be, it would be funny to hear people be angry at me again. Um, you had something that I'd forgotten about that we wanted to talk about. Oh, I'm thinking about building a uh, right uh, field recording rig. You've been talking about this for a while, though. I have, but now that I have a pay raise, I, I might be able to <laughs> afford it. Maybe. I don't know. I have to to work out the numbers still mm. but i could buy a z4 for like 700 bucks right which is decent. that's the four channel one right yeah that's the four channel one i don't see myself needing eight ever yeah so i thought z4 because i don't want any and uh i don't want an h series mm. at all I, I i like the h4 and stuff that 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 appeals more to me in my techie nerdiness right and the price for it is freaking amazing yeah we were talking compared about to like other field recorders like we talked about that a couple of months ago other field recorders for four to six channels you're you're spending anywhere from three to five thousand i could get one for 700 mm-hmm. what um would you just go with the aston mics i was thinking about buying a pair of the starlights yeah the pencil condensers and then maybe a pair of like apex shotgun mics maybe mm-hmm. i'm not sure the apex shotgun mics not the greatest sounding mic but it probably do the job audio technica has those shotgun mics that are probably a step up they're uh in the 300 350 range so it'd be like 600 bucks for a pair yeah um, might be a step up noise wise because the the biggest thing the biggest thing you're concerned about is is the noise ratio, right? Yeah. Um, well, if I buy four mics and the field recorder and a boom pole, I'm looking anywhere from about fifteen hundred to two grand. Looks like okay, which I know is doable. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I might stagger it though. I might not buy it all at once. I that might buy sense. the field recorder and what would be your what would be your specific with the boom use benefit out of that? I was thinking of doing some field recordings and building environments and stuff to sell to board gamers or stuff like people mm-hmm. who want to like build an atmosphere in their gaming rooms or okay or if there's events going on at stores having atmosphere doesn't stuff. a lot of that stuff exist already no you sure well like there are people who do sell that stuff but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people who do it really well from what i've been able to okay research fair enough it seems like it seems like the type of thing that is already i think it's a very small niche okay but i don't know but i I mean it could also be like if you're selling worldwide i mean there's no reason it needs to be small right 
Yeah. But I mean, even people who want to do films and stuff could use these things. Mm. Well, I, I, I was, I was thinking that, that very thing, like if you don't limit yourself to, to, um, to atmospheres and just do general, general sound effects, I mean, well, you don't probably sell the individual sounds used, but also probably make like general atmospheres so that if people are lazy, which I mean, let's face it, most people are. Yes, they are. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like there's going to, I'm probably going to have more people buying those general atmospheres than I am going to have like people buy the, let's say sound kit that Mm -hmm. I use to make those atmospheres. Okay. So how, um, let's talk, let's talk nerdy details. Um, we'll go into the, like the, the technology side, but how are you going to, how are you going to set up and record the ambience? Well, I'll go to environments and yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, like that's just pretty simple, more, man. More, no, no, but I want to, <laughs> I want to know, I want to know like, um, what kind of, what kind of microphone array are you, are you going to use? You know, like, are you, are you setting up with a binaural head? No. To record? Are you setting up expensive? No, I I know. But talk me through that stuff. Well, I was thinking I would probably take the Apex, or not the Apex, the uh, Aston Starlights and set up a stereo array of those, go to environments, just put them on some stands and record like several minutes. Do you have a... If I'm just getting like background noise or something like that. Do you have a stereo setup? And I don't mean microphone. I mean, actually like, like, are you talking like X, Y, are you talking like, you know, a big spaced pair? Are you talking? It'll like, probably be a mix of so many things. Okay. If I'm honest. And chances are, I'm not going to pay that much attention to the angles and stuff. It'll probably be just a small spaced pair or something mm-hmm. like that. Cause I'll probably have the mics pretty close to each other. Right. Heck I'll probably end up buying a, um, Oh, I don't know what it's called, but it's just a flat bar. Hang it on like one stand so you can have two mics on it. Stereo bar. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I got a couple of them. Yeah. Plus that sure post thing. Yeah. And then I also might buy a... Chances are it'll be the Rhodes um, boom pole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know anyone else who makes boom poles. Sure. I could probably do some research and see if there is different boom poles out there, but the Rhodes one is pretty sturdy. So I'll probably buy one of those. And then for like individual things type of thing, I might just use one of those microphones to capture those sounds. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Or maybe I'll make a stereo weird thing on the boom pole. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably, it would probably be pretty easy to like take a, a stereo bar like that you were talking and set up two mics and an xy or something yeah keep it simple right but yeah that'd be pretty cool yeah um are you going to get into um into uh movie sound and i don't mean with the sound effects but but like on set i mean you'll have the boom pole you'll have the field recorder you could easily hire yourself out if on a movie set people wanted to hire me for that but you wouldn't you wouldn't specifically go i wouldn't specifically pursue it no because i've done that in the past, and I know how much work it is. It's it's a lot of work. <laughs> Excuse me, I've never done it. 
It's a lot of work. It looks like a lot of standing. It is a lot of standing. Yeah. Uh, The film crew is probably the hardest working crew on set, at least in my experience. Okay. Um, And being the sound guy, like, you're one of the film crew. Right. And you have to be pretty close to the camera at all times, (laughs) while also making sure that your microphone doesn't get into the shot. Yep. Because people yell at you if you do. <laughs> then you also have to make sure that the clip boy or clipboard guy is like yelling at the microphone saying what's what. Right. And then making notes as to like, this is this. So that when you upload onto the um, File computer, it's just all automatically like boom. And then, you know the people doing the filming can be like, yeah, we want to use scene one, take six. And then you can find the audio for that, clean it up, send them that. Right. It's a lot of work. But you're not interested in that? No. No. All right. I'm more interested in being the guy that walks around the city and records everything everywhere he goes. Yeah. And then, like, if people want those sounds, they can buy them from me. Mm. That's my idea. It's just do something. Mark me down as a customer. Well, right. I, I, I need more. I have a ton of sound effects that I've acquired through less than legitimate means um, over the years, mm. uh, mostly through my time at radio, um, especially as we were digitizing all of those sound effects collections. Um, and so I... I stay away from most of that stuff when I'm working on a project that has a potential of being commercial, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, I would love to have more, more of that stuff to, to be able to draw from. Yeah. My main idea was to maybe make some World War II or war scene mm-hmm. or atmospheres and stuff like that. That's that, like one idea I want to do. What would that entail? I, I have no idea. It's an idea I've only. <laughs> that sounds super cool. Had like a week ago, so. <laughs> <clears throat> I would love to see, like, you must have some sort of note program or a notebook or something. I would love to see like your notes on on all this stuff on ideas and. I have notebooks of yellow paper because they're the cheapest paper you can get, mm. and it's just kind of, I don't know. It makes sense to me but I don't think anybody else that looked at it would be able to make sense of it because it's literally just ideas as they pop up. Yeah. Write it down. And then, like, the next thing that might be, like, a bunch of numbers because I'm doing, like, some math, and then the next thing might be a completely different idea for something else. Right. Okay. There's no organization to it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) It's just write things down so I can remember it, and then I look at it and be like oh yeah but I've been playing with or I've been playing with the idea in my head of maybe getting into field recording right I I think you should do it and that wraps us up yeah that's a nice timing um I guess we should talk about emails and twitters but we never do so why start now you should just record it for the outro 
follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.